Welcome to Fuel, Sweat, and Science with Dr. Tip. Each week, we're going to take an in-depth look at how to avoid paralysis by analysis from all the fat loss, weight loss, options, noise, and claims out there, and move past a history of failed attempts which may have caused metabolic changes or suppression. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Breeding, PhD, fitness nutrition, and strength and conditioning specialist. My goal is to help you learn to balance busy, social, everyday lives while still seeing results and realize that losing weight does not have to be so complicated. Let's do this. Hey guys, it's Dr. Tiff. Welcome back to episode 44. We are moving into the end of the year here, and always during this time of year, there's so much talk about body weight, maintenance, how to navigate the holidays, how to create some balance between enjoying yourself and really uh, living in the moments of memories and experiences and celebrations, but also being able to feel like you're going into the first of the year in a really healthy space, confident, comfortable, kind of with a leg up, so to speak, you know, so you're not just trying to dig yourself out of a hole and then, you know, get back to where you kind of ended up before the holidays. Um, And this brought up for me just the the idea of a set point. And if you're not familiar with that, there is a set point theory, which basically posits that Every individual has a 5 to 20 pound, I mean, it's pretty extreme, but 5 to 20 pound weight range in which their body is going to function optimally. And when we talk about functioning optimally, that means for women, regular menstrual cycles, hormone balance, hair and nails for men and women are healthy and um, skin is nourished and not dry or brittle. You're energy levels are at an equilibrium, meaning, you know, when you're tired, you're getting good sleep, but when it's time to be up, you're alert and awake and your energy feels good. Um, You're not feeling sort of this ups and downs and the crashes. Um, And also that, you know, just from a hunger standpoint, you're having normalized fullness and hunger cues. And so we all have that range where we get below that and we're in so much of a calorie deficit either through exercise or through food restriction that we don't have the energy to function through the day. We're maybe having to take extra naps or you're noticing just a difference in your skin tone, your coloring, your hair, your um, maybe a little bit more moody and anxious. Hormones are off for women. Maybe you're losing your menstrual cycle cycle, or it's becoming more irregular for men. Maybe sex drive, testosterone levels, recovery. So you can imagine, right? And I mean, there's obviously a number of factors that can affect all of those different variables, not just food and exercise adjustments, but that can be an indicator if body weight drops below or on the flip side, if you get above your set point and you're feeling lethargic or your you know, GI system is off or you're feeling extra bloated or you're having some tummy troubles, maybe... Um, you're seeing some body fat distribution changes, which would indicate maybe that hormones are off in the other direction, you know, estrogen levels, testosterone levels are, are high or low, meaning you're starting to gain or lose weight in different areas. So 
we anyway, bottom line is we all have kind of that range that's optimal. And I mean, the same would be true for labs, right? Testosterone levels has a range, but there's an optimal number for everyone too. Estrogen levels, cholesterol levels, triglycerides, right? You, there's always a, a normalized range, but we all feel better potentially if our numbers are in a certain um, a point in that range. So weight kind of follows the same mechanism, but the question then becomes, okay, if we have a set point, then why is there obesity? You know, if, if our body is so smart that it's not going to allow us to ride outside of our optimal range and it's going to downregulate if we're eating too much or it's going to upregulate if we're not eating enough to just keep us in this survival mode, then why are people either have eating disorders on the one end where they're overly restricting or on the other end, why would someone be obese? Well, because lifestyle certainly plays a role in that. And there's always a way to manipulate a set point. You can also manipulate your set point from surgical procedures, gastric bypass, the vertical sleeves, probably the two most effective, where they're really changing how you're metabolizing and moving food through your stomach how it's getting stored, minimizing the volume you can actually consume. So they're actually, what the word I'm looking for, artificially adjusting your set point and establishing a new set point. I would also argue that if you do go through a weight loss process and you're able to maintain that lower or higher body weight for an extended period of time, then you could potentially reset that set point weight. But the reality is the majority of people after three to five years of significant weight loss are going to regain the weight. 95% of people in that time period will regain and most of the time more. And people that are able to maintain that, they've just made maintenance kind of their mission in life, right? So they have just really bought in. Maybe they become a, a professional in the field to just help them stay mentally and physically focused and motivated. Um, maybe there's been a health scare that's really motivated them to just change their whole approach. But if somebody is just naturally floating towards their hunger cues and they're eating unrestrictedly, and unrestrictedly doesn't mean you're just eating everything in sight. Unrestrictedly simply means intuitively. So you have normal hunger and fullness cues, and when you're hungry, you eat, and your body tells you accurately that you're full, and you stop. Or on occasion, you go past fullness, but then naturally, you ebb and flow through the week. So intuitively, you're getting a normalized amount of food for your expenditure, for your body's needs, for your optimal functioning, and you're seeing all those body systems work as a result of that. So, you know, we all have a different set point, and that's why I have a really, really hard time with BMI, the body mass index scale, because yes, it has a range, but it doesn't take into consideration so many other factors in the body, bone density, organ size, muscle mass, genetics, cultural differences. I mean, there's just so much research out there to show that certain cultures just are going to ride higher on that BMI scale, even above what would be considered healthy. Labs are fine. Performance is great. 
they they feel good they're they're not at any health risk they've got good weight distribution but they're just a bigger bodied person and there's this whole new movement health at every size that's really trying to get us away from that because body weight in and of itself is a horrible measure of health it's a very generic right but is it telling you if you're optimal because this culturally we're so fat phobic we're so focused on artificial thinness and how lean you are and it's all over social media and you get compliments if you've lost weight and if you've gained weight what's going on something must be wrong and thus you go through this cycle of losing weight and trying to achieve that you know ideal that everybody's kind of putting out there and thus you get outside of your set point and you can't stay there. And so over time you float back up and then it looks like, oh, you're failing because you couldn't sustain that weight loss. But no, the, the problem was getting there to begin with because that's not where your body wanted to live. And so that's this whole movement of intuitive eating. And, you know, I'm really trying to understand and balance what I do with those types of approaches, because I do feel like that most people struggle to eat intuitively without overdoing because of just the prevalence of such high calorie um, eating out, unknowns, socializing, alcohol, And so how do you find your sweet spot when you're eating a lot of meals that you don't really know what's in them? It's hard to be intuitive when you don't, you don't really know what you're putting in your body. And so I'm trying to really help people fuse that gap. And, um, I'm hoping that, that I can really learn and bring that, you know, to people as well. So the bottom line is that, I think that we all need to really try to get outside of the scale as a metric. And me doing body composition with clients is my way of doing that. And yes, I have people weigh themselves through the week, but I'm looking for trends. I'm looking for accountability. I'm looking for coaching tools. I'm not looking at a pass-fail. I've never said to a client or inferred to a client that the scale is telling us if you're doing this right. It's simply a a data point to tell us where the trends are happening. It's information about sodium intake and hydration and what happens if we don't sleep as well and what happens when we're really sore after a workout and our body weight goes up because we're holding some extra water to heal and the inflammation that happens from that. And I want people to start to see those trends and not become so attached to the scale because of those fluctuations. So in me promoting that, it's not so that they focus on the scale as a success metric, but more that they focus on it to give us more information about their body so we can make the appropriate adjustments and help them find a good, healthy space to live in. And there have been many times when I've suggested to clients that we stop the weight loss once I feel like that they're getting to a point because when it starts it's so hard once you see that scale moving now it's like more 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 you just want to keep seeing it go down how much further could I go but if I see any indicators like I've just talked about of hormone shift or menstrual cycle disruptions or hunger fullness cues going away and we really start talking about maintenance, or in many cases, we try to go through a little bit of a weight gain massing phase to get them kind of back out of that deficit if they've been in the deficit for too long, and especially if somebody's coming to me having come out of a deficit. Because, you know, I think what people really, really don't understand is 
that you could be in a major calorie deficit and not be losing weight at some point. And there are people in bigger bodies that have chronic restrictive patterns or binge restriction patterns, binge eating behaviors where they binge and then they restrict for periods of time and then their body rebels back against them. And that's the basis of the set point. That's the basis of this intelligence of the human body. There's a lot of research to show if people are incubated in a laboratory setting and they're overfed, meaning they're given a calorie surplus, then they inevitably start to see an increase in their basal metabolic rate. They're more active through the day intuitively. They start to offset that calorie surplus to keep their body in their set point range. Same with restriction. The body downregulates. Certain body systems slow down. You don't burn as many calories at rest. So that's that basal metabolic adaptation that happens in the weight loss process because your body is trying to slow the weight loss once you get outside your set point. So if you go so restrictive, there will be a downregulation in certain systems to slow your metabolism so that you don't keep losing that weight. It's the survival mechanism of our body. So whether you're overeating or undereating, there are adaptations that are happening internally to keep you in this range. And it is a big range. So you may not see it right away, right? Five to 20 pounds is a lot. So essentially you'd have to gain upwards of 20 pounds to get outside your set point and start to see those shifts or lose 20 pounds to get below, right? Unless you're already starting at a lower body weight on that range. But it could be a big swing or a big period of time that it takes to see those big adaptations. But if you get there and then you live there for an extended period of time, you see even more loss of lean tissue um, on the restriction side or on the increased weight side, you see the visceral fat levels, you see um, you know, some internal organ shifts like liver and things like that, that fatty liver disease. So It's so hard because if you're just, again, looking at body weight, then you may not recognize these things because some of the changes that are happening are at the cellular level, but then all of a sudden you wake up and stuff is just off and and you typically know it, you know, you typically know, and that's where you throw up the white flag and say, I got to do something. But my goal is, can we start before we get there? If people aren't pushing those thresholds, if they aren't so sedentary and overeating calories and volume and macro imbalances to get themselves above their set point to the obesity level, or on the other end, doing such extreme measures of restriction, elimination, over-exercising, not resting and recovering to get below that set point where then their body starts to shut down on the other side. You know, Can we all find just a natural, normalized w- place to live Can we listen to our bodies a little more intuitively and not try to fight our natural patterns? And really the best way to do that, again, is I believe starting with macros, learning what your body needs, figuring out how it responds to certain amounts of carb, fat, protein. Is it losing at that level? Is it gaining? Is it maintaining? And then starting to get out of the tracking and the micromanaging and the meticulousness and moving into intuitive eating patterns. But I do believe before you can get there, you have to learn, you have to test the waters, you have to really figure out where your body likes to live the most, looking at a lot 
of other variables like sleep and stress and um, overall performance levels, strength gains in the gym, all of that, seeing, okay, if this was optimal, what would I be eating? And then start to live intuitively where you don't have to be tracking for the rest of your life at that level. So anyway, think about set point. Do some self-introspection. Where is your set point? Where did you feel the best? Where did you live in high school? I mean, not that you are going to be at the same weight at 40, 50 years old as you were in high school, but like before you started worrying about all of that, like was there a place where your body or where did you hold your weight? Did you kind of have a bigger butt and hips? Did you have big boobs? Do you now? I mean, did you, if you've seen huge changes in your body from kind of post-puberty where would have been kind of your natural body structure, that may also be an indication that you've artificially changed your body either up or down as opposed to where it kind of naturally would have been. And I've heard that a lot from people that have gone, you know, fitness competitions or lost a lot of weight, they've lost their boobs or they lost their butt, just from losing so much. And then they come back and start refeeding again, and then they're like, oh, like this is what my body would have looked like or should have looked like. Um, and that's just part of that kind of the recovery process in those extreme situations. Um, but again, we kind of can look at our parents a little and genetically, like what our body type and shape and body type is different than body weight. It's just where you're holding the weight, but we, you know, maybe distributed more or less in certain places. So anyway, do some research on the set point theory. I think it's really interesting. Um, like any theory, there's different perspectives on it, but I, I think there's some validity there and a lot of research to support it, um, that we see that body, always want to come back and settle somewhere. If you lose, you're going to kind of float back up to where you naturally are, assuming you're not doing anything extreme, starting to overeat again. Or if you start gaining and you kind of get yourself back in check and you're not overdoing, it's going to come back down and kind of settle naturally to where it was when you're not doing um, unhealthy sedentary overeating kind of practices so anyway all right guys i'm out of here let's do this talk to you next time